Up next, we have a woman who shares what it's like to have cervical cancer in South Africa. And one thing that she wants everyone to know, people in Africa are not running around in animal skins. Trump. Not Trump like Donald. <laughs> welcome to uh, the Survivor Podcast, and welcome to Survivor School. Welcome to America. Thank you. So, thank you. Thank you. This much. has been incredible meeting you in February, and then raising funds and getting you to Survivor School 2017. It has been quite a journey, not an easy one at that. <laughs> What, what's it like to be here with other women who have gone through what you've gone through? That is an experience in itself because I've never been in a group with um, women that has had cervical cancer. I've never, ever. In the 10 years that I've got cancer, I've never experienced this before. So for me, I feel like it's like home. It's like coming home. That's exactly what it feels like to me. It's like... You know, when you've been away from your family mm. for a long time and mm. you come home and your family is just all open arms and, oh, we missed you. That's what I felt like coming in here. It, I'm, I'm, I'm home. So I'm what's it going to be? my sisters. What's it, what is it going to be like when you get on the plane? Very hot, so I must admit. I mean, it'll be good to go home. No. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to offer me a job to stay. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to keep it. You know I'm in love with your family. You know, I would love to. Maybe we'll work that out somehow. You know, so you just have to go back to I mean, you did get a visa to come back for like 10, 10 years. years. <laughs> they saw something in me. Exactly. <laughs> but, but seriously, you know, I met you. And one of the things that I've always been interesting about, interested in is survivorship globally you know i always felt that i was lucky because i had great insurance i was treated at one of the top hospitals in the world i had very good health care and not everybody gets that so what was your treatment like in south africa because cape town is very developed it's not like it is someplace where you know we we, we laughed and we talked about it that People, Americans, or wherever in other parts of the world think that Africa, that everybody's People running, still running around with skins, <laughs> animal skins. <laughs> but but no, um, unfortunately, I wasn't one of the fortunate to have what we call medical aid. I think mm -hmm. you call it insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to do the public health care mm -hmm. thing. Not that I'm complaining because Dr. Boita was excellent. Mm -hmm. I've got no complaints with regards to the treatment that I received. Uh, luckily for me, I was staying in the vicinity of Tigerberg Hospital, which is a training hospital. Um, and and I actually the, visited there while I was there, and it's a great facility. It is. It is. Yes, you get your your what do you, well, I don't know what is what is a what I don't know what a fruit apple is in, in English. <laughs> what is it? Of when when something's rot like a rotten apple. A rotten apple. Um, you get your rotten apples oh, yeah. Everybody has at that. Yeah. Tigerberg Hospital, and that is why a lot of people are complaining mm -hmm. about Tigerberg, but I never had that experience. I, Everybody was caring. Everybody was considerate. Everybody, I don't know. They say they treat cancer patients different to they treat pregnant women. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm, I'm lucky in that aspect because I was treated with respect all the time. 
Shanae says it's because you bubble all the time, homie. Your mouth just goes well, like this. Well, I, I do think that there is something to that. One of the things I did when I was going through my treatment, I made sure that I wasn't just a file number for my medical team. I wanted them to know that I was a young woman that still had a life to live, and I wanted to survive. Like, I wasn't done with life yet. I was not singing a song that was like, you know, if it's my time, it's my time, and I'll just have to go. No, I wanted to live. And... I think that there is something to be said for being engaged in your treatment plan and um, being present. Mm. No, I definitely agree with you there because um, I I think I had the same outlook. I didn't, I wasn't. You're speaking to the mic. Speaking to the mic. Thank you. It's, it's in my way, man. I can't see you. <laughs> um, I, I was also not the type to... Um, Lay down and die, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fight for life. I had a, I had an and eight year old. you've been through a lot. I had an eight year old daughter that I still had to look after, and I had to see her twenty first and her wedding day and her matric ball or prom, like you guys call it. I had, I've got all these things that I still need to do. I can't afford to lay down and die. But with that said, when the doctors did say to me, "There's nothing further they can do for me. Um, here's your morphine. Go home." enjoy what's left Mm -hmm. of your life i had made peace with that i had made peace that if it's my time it's my time if 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 it is that god wants me he needs me and he's in Mm -hmm. his realm then i i'm i'm not gonna fight it i made peace with it and i think that to a degree also helped me in recovery because even though the doctors can't explain how it is that i am in remission considering they sent me home mm-hmm. because I was there was nothing further they could do and two years later when I wanted to go work when they did another scan they couldn't find the cancer anymore so I, I feel I'm a sort of a miracle in that aspect because God intervened because never did I lose my faith even though no matter how no matter how bad my cancer got I never blamed God I still, I still said, you know, if, if, if it's God's will that I must leave my child, I accept mm-hmm. what he puts out for me. If it's his will that I do not leave my child, I'll accept that as well. So I wasn't laid down and dying, mm-hmm. but I was also prepared for either way. Right. Prepared for the worst, right. but I'm, I'm, I'm not closing the door to the good as well. So you lost a lot. I did. I did. Tell me about your surgeries. Um... In 2007, I had the radical hysterectomy. That was after six weeks of hectic chemo, which was a new, a new type of chemo because my stage of cancer, they don't usually chemo and operate. Mm-hmm. They usually just do the radium thing. Mm-hmm. But then Dr. Boerta had asked me if I was prepared to try a new treatment that he had heard about here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was prepared to to be his first test subject. Mm-hmm. So I, I was all for it. So six weeks of chemo. After the, the fourth week, my stomach, I started, my stomach started doing a, a back to front thing where my stomach, was, I, was, I was vomiting my, my stomach up. I ended up in hospital with that. But then the doctor just put a hold on the treatment. So I just went for another one more. Instead of my full six weeks, I just went for another one week. So I basically had five weeks instead of six. Um, 
And after that, when they examined me again, the, can, the tumor had shrunk to a degree where they could take it out, whereas uh, stage 2B they do not mm-hmm. take out because they can't get, they can't guarantee that they've done, that, they've that the margins, that mm-hmm. the margins are clear. Will, are clear. Yeah. So after the chemo, th- their margins were 100%. They then did the radical hysterectomy. That caused a lot of problems because with them doing the radical hysterectomy, I had lost my my the nerve in my bladder mm-hmm. wasn't functioning anymore, so they had to retrain my bladder. So I stayed in hospital a bit longer for that. But all in all, that was uh, I, I didn't make my my healing process any take any longer. I was still in hospital as long as I should have been. Eventually, I I'm talking nonsense. Before I had the radical hysterectomy operation, I had the doctor removed my left ovary before treatment because that was also an experimental um, procedure. How, why were you so open to any type of experimental procedure? You know, a lot of people have hangups about it. They think, you're not gonna, I'm not going to be your guinea pig and experiment on you. Why were you so open to it? Because I trusted my doctor. Okay. I, I just and that's felt important he to trust your medical yes. team. And if you don't, find a new medical team. Exactly. I trusted him. Um, he spoke to me with confidence. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak to me like he didn't know what he was doing and it's the first time and he's not sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though it was a trial, he, he spoke to me with confidence and I depended on him in that aspect. And I, whatever he suggested, I would ask him, doctor, what do you recommend? Because I will try what you suggest I try. And um, he said, no, he he would really suggest that I try this new trial with regards to the removing the ovary. And then after a couple of weeks of after my surgery, they then insert it into your into the arm, which is this mm-hmm. cut over here. So that was the first procedure. I remember when I had. they wanted to put my ovary in my arm. I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't regret it. You know, you, there's sometimes I regret. I was like, I should have let them put that ovarian. They were like, yes, and then we'll, whenever you're ready, remove the ovarian tissue and we'll help, you know, stimulate it and you can have a baby. You know, I, I actually I, made fun of that. I was like, y'all crazy. <laughs> no, I made fun of it. But, but science is amazing it and is. it's amazing to see just the medical advances that have has been made and i think about 2001 when they told me about this and now they've had the first baby in europe or somewhere that's been born from that type of procedure here you have it in your arm here and what year were you initially diagnosed 2006 i was diagnosed amazing ovary in december of 2006 amazing yeah definitely um, and I must be, and I must be honest. I'm an extreme. I'm extremely lucky because I haven't had hot flushes and brittle mm-hmm. bones and mm-hmm. menu- premenopause and mm-hmm. things like that as yet. And I can only say it's probably because of my ovary that's in my arm. Mm-hmm. But it was a joke. We used to say if one day we decide to have a baby, then Hilton must do his thing on my arm, <laughs> and, and the baby will. I'll be carrying the baby in. My arm. I'm, I always used to make things you, funny. I, you know what? I love your humor. I love your humor. <laughs> I think that is, sometimes we have to find the humor in these things. Definitely. So, Definitely. Lynn Trump, you are going to be our South African survivor ambassador. Are you <laughs> ready for you. that? I am. I definitely am. And and like I said to you before, if I can touch, even if it's just one person, 
then 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 I'm the happiest person. You are you. I, it's difficult for me to explain because I am. Even though I'm an extrovert, I'm, I'm shy when mm-hmm. it comes to my things. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think I've said before, I've I I can speak very easily about what I've been through, mm-hmm. all my operations, all my the fact that I had six months to live at some stage in my life, and I can talk to somebody face to face. But I, it's difficult for me to put it on the internet and put it on Facebook and put it on. I can share it with. And there are other ways to add. add- to be an advocate you you don't always have to do it social media is easy because it's a quick way to touch people but sometimes you just have to get out into the community yeah and go yeah. meet people face but to i want to i want to get to that stage you will. where i can will. be free to put my information out there and not feel are people gonna shun me because i've put my information out there because a lot of people do a lot well, of people you know do. what we've got your back I'm even so all the way here so, I am so glad. Of course. And I just need to say thank you to you. You're welcome. Because with you, it would not have been possible. You, you, Honestly. You are so welcome. We're about to do this thing. So <laughs> thank you for, one, coming all the way from South Africa, coming to Survivor School, and helping us, you know, increase our global footprint. Thank you, Lynn Trump. Uh, use me. Not Donald Trump, but Lynn Trump. <laughs> Use me. You have full permission to. We will. All right. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much. For more Survivor-related content, check out Survivor.org. Follow Survivor on all social media platforms. If you would like to be interviewed for upcoming Survivor podcast episodes, contact us at info at Survivor.org.